Many people believe that the Bible teaches money is the root of all evil. This is a gross simplification and unfortunate misunderstanding and seriously wrong in one big way and two little ways. The verse this false conclusion comes from is 1 Timothy 6.10, which reads in the New King James Version as the following. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Did you hear the difference there? I'll read it a second time with emphasis added. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Could you hear the difference that time? Money is not what's in focus here. It's the love of it. And it's not the root, it's a root, meaning one of many possible roots. And finally, it's not all evil, it's all kinds of evil. These may seem like minor distinctions, but they make all the difference in the world, especially that first one. Let's dig into it. There is a big difference between money being the root of evil and the love of money being the root. The former makes money itself the source of evil, which is inconsistent with other teachings in the Bible. The Bible is and must be internally consistent. No prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation, as Peter writes, which is why we must, as Paul tells the Corinthians, compare spiritual things with spiritual. The 12th Psalm says, The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver, tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. And in 2 Timothy 3 it says that, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. That word, theonoustos, means breathed by God. So yeah, Internal consistency is pretty important. Now, the Bible's enemies love to point out apparent contradictions in the text, most of which can be easily explained with a little bit of effort, which they aren't willing to put in, paired with some intellectual honesty, which they aren't willing to provide. So, what other Bible teachings are inconsistent with the thought that money is the root of all evil? Well, the Lord Jesus teaches that there is nothing that enters a man from the outside which can defile him, but the things which come out of him those are the things that defile a man. That's Mark 7, 15. After all, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Asks Jeremiah in 17, 9. There aren't any evil objects. Guns aren't evil, but people can use guns to perform evil. Drugs aren't evil, but people can use drugs with evil intent. Rock and roll isn't evil, but people can use rock and roll to bring out evil. While we Christians fret about evil objects and devise doctrines like taste not, touch not, handle not, the Lord looks upon our hearts and sees clearly where evil gets its root. Out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. These are the things which defile us. Jordan Dupree famously rapped that money isn't a thing, but it is a thing, and it's a big thing to us, even though it's a small thing to God. But it is a thing either way. And God has given us all things richly to enjoy. So what is Paul's point when he writes about the love of money? He's warning Timothy about what happens when we love money. He goes on to say, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. And the Bible does have a lot to say on this topic. One of the things it says in Luke 16.13 is that you cannot serve God and money. If you could, you'd be serving two masters, in which case you'd either hate the one and love the other, or else you'd be loyal to one and despise the other. No matter how hard you try, it just doesn't work. 
Because having two masters is like trying to live two separate lives in parallel. This is what we call a fool's errand, which many blockbuster movies have used as a backdrop for comedy and tragedy. James calls this double-minded. Literally, he says you are two-souled because you have a life and then you have this other life. What characterizes you in this condition? The Bible says you are unstable in all your ways. So we have to pick one or the other. And when we pick money, we're opting out of the true riches. Money has its own problems, by the way. We just prefer not to think about them. One is the problem of moth and rust, things that eat away at your money, bleeding it of value. For some forms of money, actual moths and literal rust are to blame. For other forms, the problem manifests in the form of inflation, which we're feeling pretty hard right now, and taxation, which we've been feeling pretty hard for a long time. Well, maybe taxation fits more correctly into the second category of money problems, thievery. They're so numerous, I can't even count the ways a fool and his money are soon parted. From the most basic blunt force trauma or a gun pointed at your head, all the way to the calculated years-long con executed by sophisticated actors, your money isn't safe and you aren't safe if you hold it too tightly. Proverbs 23 says that riches make themselves wings and fly away as an eagle toward heaven. And anybody who's ever amassed some riches know firsthand how true that is. Elon Musk, who was for a little while the richest man on earth, managed to lose $200 billion in less than a year. Why do we put our trust in money, which isn't trustworthy at all, and not put our trust in God, who is the most trustworthy one there is? After all, he cannot lie, he cannot fail, and he cannot deny himself. Money isn't evil, but our love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. So what kinds of evil might our love of money produce? Let's take a look at the works of the flesh listed in Galatians 5. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. How many of those does money weave its way through? Let's think for a moment about each one. Uncleanness can be physical, but that's unlikely in this case. Here it's in the moral sense. This is the impurity of lustful, luxurious, profligate living, the kind of life that money can buy. Lewdness is unbridled lust, excess, outrageousness. Sounds a lot like a rap video where the rapper rides around in cars he can't afford, with scantily clad women he can't support, drinking booze he doesn't even like, throwing around cash that he'll quickly gather once the camera stops recording. Idolatry is the worship of false gods, like the US dollar. Sorcery is the use of drugs, poisons, magical arts, all of which are bought by and sold for money. Hatred is all too easy when someone else has the money you desire. Contentions or strifes are often about matters of money. Jealousies, envying others, often because of the money they have that you don't have, or the objects their money has afforded them. Outbursts of wrath are heated anger that boils over and pours out. Money is often involved there. Dissensions or divisions happen all the time because of money. Heresies can be started because of money. People murder each other, all about money. You can get drunk to escape your lack of money or to celebrate a sudden windfall of money. Well, people can think of any excuse in the world to get drunk, so maybe that one's a stretch. But reveling and rioting is often done in protest or unfair monetary policies. And then there's such like, which is so many things, it wasn't even worth the time to list them. It'd be easier to ask which lusts of the flesh money doesn't play a role in. So if you thought the Bible teaches that money is the root of all evil, it's time to change your mind about that. It's wrong in one big way, 
money itself is not the subject of the warning, but our love or desire for it. And it's wrong in two small ways. Our love of money isn't the root of all evil. It's a root of all kinds of evil, just like we discussed. But let's not miss the forest for the trees. 1 Timothy 6 is warning us about our heart's relationship to money and how damaging it can be if we don't judge these things properly. Remember, godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. Those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. So be careful out there and don't let your love of money pierce you through with many sorrows.